aimless, cultureless losing is an unacceptable route for the Utah Jazz and Will Hardy. And that became abundantly clear this week. It's next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy 70s day for you. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Today on Locked on Jazz, Will Hardy with some very cutting, big-time comments this last week over Thanksgiving. We will dig into those. He is building a culture. You cannot have aimless losing in the NBA. The comments may not prevent losing, but they'll prevent aimless losing, and that is super important. The Jazz then turn around and don't lose with a defensive effort that was awfully impressive with a no-name starting five against the New Orleans Pelicans. Colin Sexton had a monster fourth quarter, and then Zion Williamson returns tonight for the New Orleans Pelicans, and we'll dig into the impact of Zion and some crazy numbers on who he is and what he is as a player as the Pelicans and the Jazz get ready to battle tonight. As I mentioned, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all podcasting apps and platforms and whatever you want to call them, as well as on YouTube. So feel free to join in, join the chat room, all of the rest of it. So glad. Uh, to have you involved uh, on the program. So thank you very, very much uh, for tuning in. And to the everydayers, you're simply the best. I can't thank you enough uh, for what you do. All right, let's get to it. Will Hardy had three comments that basically were the most telling, but in in a in a collection of, of multiple. So the first one was, if you don't play hard and you don't pass, you don't play for the Utah Jazz. So that was like, that came in Portland, after the loss to the Lakers in the pregame uh, was a pretty telling comment. He wasn't done that day. He actually then continued with kind of another more deep and philosophical comment, but it was, I thought, equally as revealing. This one was a little bit more on the level of, I need some toughness. Um, and this was, I'm trying to challenge the team on not letting themselves off the hook. Don't make an excuse for why things are happening. Don't look for a reason of why things are happening. Don't look for a reason. Oh, um, and rationalize bad moments in your brain and make them okay. They're not. So, you know, basically, he, he, he Will got a little deep on that day and basically said like, hey, we sit around and we ask our guys all the time, how do they feel? And, and maybe we do it too much. Right. Maybe we're asking our guys how they feel just too often because at some point, like this is the reality of the NBA is that the world's it's hard. Um, You know, he has a great line of that's what the money's for. And you are playing back to backs and it's hard and it's difficult and you've got to figure it out. And so there was kind of cultural number two. That, That one was a subtler one, you know, if you don't pass, you don't play hard. You don't play for the Utah Jazz was telling. 
Then after the game in Portland, which was pretty close to an unmitigated disaster, if you're going to play for the Utah Jazz, you got to give it about the Utah Jazz. And that one's an interesting concept, frankly. Because as much as I'm wearing my Jazz shirt today and you're going to wear your Jazz shirt tonight and you care about the Utah Jazz, none of our players actually have a tie to the team in any way, shape, or form, right? They either got unwillingly drafted, unwillingly traded, or they actually signed. But this idea that you're going to have pride in your uniform, not just pride in yourself, is is actually not like a common concept in the NBA. Um, it's an interesting kind of note there, but I think that's like it seems weird. Well, they should really eh, there's not a there's not a huge reason why they should actually love what they're doing. Um, in that regard, that doesn't actually vibe. So asking for that's a big ask, like have pride in the team, have pride in all the people working around you, have pride in the group. It's a big ask. And then the final comment he made is we just have an endless amount of stubbornness going on. And, you know, for some of these guys, it's probably been close to a year where Will's been working on with this. So what is this all about? It relates to the other, a few other concepts that Will's brought out in this team. No free minutes. And not expecting losing. Okay, the truth of the matter is that, what are we, July of 2021? No, July of 2022. So we're 16 months removed from trading two All-Stars and a third awesome player in Boyan Bogdanovich. And then we traded Mike Conley. You know, we had, we had a group that won the most games in the NBA. And we traded Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell 16 months ago. And we traded Boyan Bogdanovich shortly thereafter. We traded Mike Conley. Like, the truth of the matter is we're talent deficient right now. We're talent deficient. When we went through in the preseason on this program for the everydayers, you 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 did this with me. If you're not, I welcome you to join us for an offseason. We, we try to give you just as good a content. We ran through all the teams in the NBA that had a top 100 players in the NBA, right? We dug in. We had these various different things. We looked at 240 minutes. We looked at top 100 players. We had all these different metrics that we looked at. And the Utah Jazz, according to the Ringer system, had one top 100 player in the NBA. The only other team that also only had one top 100 player in the NBA was the Washington Wizards on the ringers top under system. Now on ESPNs, they had, we had about four guys that came in between 90 and hundred. It's kind of unique. I'm not sure that, you know, Washington then jumped to three. So we ended up with five guys. We weren't as talent lacking as some others. Houston's strangely like Alfred Shingoon and Houston somehow didn't have any, which was weird. So, you know, when you look at our roster and you look at, you know, the other one is positive effect, effective plus minus, which is Taylor Snars, Dunks, and Threes. How many guys on our roster had a positive effective plus minus? And, and we had three. 
Okay, well, only Detroit and only San Antonio had fewer. So we're still a franchise and a team that traded its three best players in the last 16 months and four best players in the last 16 months and three best players 16 months ago. So we're on the road back. And last year, Lowry was incredible, and Mike and Malik and Jared showed to have some value, and really Mike's incredible value as a point guard. We're seeing it in Minnesota right now. Settled everything, and we exceeded expectations. And so there was no need to build this culture. It just kind of happened naturally. And now all of a sudden, Will Hardy has a really difficult job, which is he has to build a culture and build an acceptable standard in the midst of probably a lots of losses. That's a crazy hard job. Because you cannot have aimless losing in the NBA and maintain a culture. Now, in theory, we're that's the idea. Let's watch what happens, frankly. Oklahoma City is a really good example of non-aimless losing. Everything they've done for the last few years culturally looks as though it's now paying off, right? They built this culture, they had this whole thing, and now they're sitting there at 11 and 5. And they had, they, you know, Sacramento had pretty aimless losing. And when they got Savonis and they brought the team together, they somehow turned the corner. And Houston had incredibly aimless losing for the last three years, and they're eight and six right now. So the theory is you can't have aimless losing. Let's maybe you just go get talent and aimless losing goes away, and this is all garbage. I, I, I honestly don't know. But I understand exactly what we're doing here as an organization and what Will Hardy's doing as a head coach, and it's crazy hard. Is that in the and, and that's why last this Saturday night's win is super important. You, the wins actually become more important than ever before right now because they give you positive teaching moments. And you just can't have consistently negative teaching moments back to back to back to back. If you, if you don't, Phil Johnson taught me this. If you don't have some wins by which to teach by, eventually everyone tunes out. So wins like last Saturday night, and particularly wins like the way Saturday night were, are massively important in the midst of building a culture and no aimless losing. And that's what Will Hardy did. The one disconnect, I think, and again, this could be just listening to very few, is that Will Hardy makes these comments and we lose. See, it didn't work. No, no, this is about time. We're going to do a show this week on pain tolerance. I think we somehow thought we could trade our three best players in four best players in a 16-month period and do it without pain. We're, We're going to have pain. That's clear. But if we can do it with pain and culture, we've got a chance. Let's get into Saturday's win because it was fabulous. And then dig into Zion as we continue here on Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy, located at Woods Cross and in Logan. The Chevy trucks, gosh, there's not much like the Chevy trucks. There's the Colorado and the Silverado and simply nobody's trucks get better. It's why. The Chevy trucks are some of the top-selling trucks in all of America. Chevy Americana, Murdoch's 80-plus years in Utah. It's kind of the perfect combination. It's out in Woods Cross. It's also in Logan. If you're not in the market for a truck, 
like the 2024 Chevy Silverado HD, and you're looking for the new SUV lineups, well, that's pretty solid too. Starting with the tracks and the uh, at the bottom and the Utah County Assault Vehicles, the Tahoe and the Suburbans that we know well, with the Blazer and the Trailblazers right in the middle, kind of making the lineup so complete with the Equinox as well. It's all over at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross and Logan. If you're going to stop by, email me first at dlock 9 to get your VIP treatment. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. There's no more fun way to get involved in the game. There's no more fun way to add into the enjoyment than getting involved with Prize Picks. Prize Picks, you don't go against the Sharks. You don't go against the experts. You just pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Basketball season is rolling. So what is LeBron going to do? What? What do we have tonight? Do we have any, we have the Jazz. What is Zion going to do against the Jazz tonight? Though you know you have to decide whether you're which way you want to go on that one. Lakers in Philadelphia tonight. Embiid and LeBron could have some fun stuff. Jokic and, up against Harden and uh, Kawhi and Paul George in a monster game as well. So a bunch of great games in the NBA tonight. You can get involved in that. Plus you've got a little Monday Night Football and Prize Picks allows you to mix and match on that. Plus Prize Picks gives you the reboot. If one of your players gets injured, football or basketball, and exits the game in the first half, does not return the second, that player is rebooted. It's all prize picks, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous selection of players. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's use the code LockedOnNBA and get your first deposit match up to $100. You probably buried the lead there, $100 on your first deposit max at prize picks. Just make sure you use prizepicks.com slash LockedOn. Thank you very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Locked On has launched the first ever 24-7 national YouTube sports channel. It is available for you. It's great today on days like today. Our Monday shows are just incredible. NHL, NBA, and uh, NFL host three of the three biggest stories over the weekend in your sport. Boom, 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 boom. If you don't grab Locked On NFL, I'll put them up here for you. Locked On NFL. And Locked On NBA or Locked On NHL Monday edition, you should add those. Those are um, absolutely fabulous kind of rundowns of what happened in the weekend if you're a sports fan. All right, Jazz win a game with defense. I mean, that is the story the other night. And uh, the Jazz started Chris Dunn at point guard, or Keontae George at point guard and Chris Dunn became a point guard. I'll get to that in a second. Jazz started Chris Keontae George with Chris Dunn, Simone Fontecchio, John Collins stayed in the starting lineup. He was the only one, but he didn't play the fourth quarter at all. And Omer Yerkshaven played as the starting center. Understanding the Pelicans were on the worst back-to-back in the NBA, since I don't think the league does Denver anymore. So LA to Salt Lake is the worst there is, and they were without three starters. Their offensive rating in the first quarter was a 103.6, but that doesn't tell the story because the Jazz turned the ball over 25% of their possessions in the first quarter and couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. They couldn't get shots off. Also, they started the night 8 of 26, 3 of 14 from 3, and had 7 turnovers and 8 field goals. And they 6 of the 7 turnovers were live ball turnovers, and the Jazz somehow did not get torched. 
the Jazz transition defense is incredibly good. I mean, that is really part of the story here with this team this year is Will Hardy, you want, like, we're going to have to find these kind of bright spots along the way. One of them is how well this team plays transition defense. Second quarter, Jazz defensive rating was a 96 again. That's incredible. Now, the starters weren't as good. John Collins was a 124 in that second quarter. The starters were all 107th. The Walker, Kessler, Consex, and Ochai Bashi, Taylor Horton Tucker, Kelly Olinick group was just terrific in the second quarter defensively. So at halftime, the Utah Jazz defense, <clears throat> despite the fact that the Jazz had turned the ball over 28% of their possessions, it was crazy, was still a 100. It was really incredible uh and, and just great 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 work we get to the third quarter and this is kind of where we have broken down all year long <clears throat> our third quarter defense is 26 in the nba we're 27th in the nba in third quarters and it picked up a little bit as new orleans offense went up to a 109 but still 109 is really good for us we average about allowing a 120 offensive rating. So for us to be at a 109 was just terrific. And Chris Dunn and Omer Yerksaven, while they were on the floor, the opening five minutes of the quarter, they set the tone. It was great. And then we go to the fourth quarter, and the Jazz defense does it again, this time with a 92, and the offense finally came to play a 154 offensive rating. But here the Jazz were for the entire night First time all year, the Jazz won a game defensively. An offensive rating of 100 for the Pelicans. I mean, really great work. And different. And it'll be interesting to see how Will Hardy reacts. The other thing was, without Lowry marketing, without Jordan Clarkson, to find the offense in the fourth quarter was awesome. The Pelicans this year are 1-3 when Zion doesn't play, and they've in three of the games they've fallen apart in the fourth quarter because they just don't have enough offense. And so the Jazz took advantage of that, but the Jazz didn't have Lowry. The Jazz were missing 33 shots a night. And then John Collins didn't play the fourth quarter, so they their top three offensive options weren't on the floor. And the Jazz found a way to get it done in the fourth quarter, which is pretty awesome. And they did it largely because of Colin Sexton. Great ball movement. Unselfish play. The stubbornness was gone. Colin Sexton had 10 points and five assists in the fourth quarter. That's incredible. I think the five assists led to 12 points. He directly contributed 22 of the 37 points of the quarter, including a pass out to Keontae for the monster three. Uh, the Jazz shot it well, six of 10 from three. Pelicans allow the second most amount of threes, but they also are the second best team in the NBA defending the three. Um, and so it's an interesting little mix. They allow all these shots from three at some point. They're going to get burned on. They did in the fourth quarter against us. There were some really interesting coaching moves in this one. It's been a lot for Keontae. Frankly, the concern that I had about starting Keontae as early as we did was what happens when you suddenly go one in 10 and Keontae shooting 30%. And we were walking down that road a little bit. And Will Hardy made an interesting adjustment in the second half where Chris Dunn started bringing the ball to the floor and let Keontae go to more of his natural position of playing off the ball. Um, and it looked 
a little bit more comfortable. I think Keontae has started eight games now. And in those eight games, he's shooting 31% and 32% from three. He's done a great job, seven assists and three turnovers, but the turnovers are beginning to eke themselves, eke their way up. It's hard. This isn't a criticism. This is just like the only re- I mean, I was concerned about this because this is what happens to rookies in the NBA, not because I think there's something wrong with Keontae. Right? This is just the league is crazy, crazy hard. And I think that's, you know, if you're not careful, this is what happens when you put a youngster out there. Um, and so, the, you know, I think we saw Will Hardy relieving that burden ever so slightly on Keontae in that game, which was, which I think we'll see more and more of. But then that, to, like, who plays then? Because Colin and Talon have not played with Keontae, and Colin and Talon have got to get rid of the stubbornness. They've got to move it. And JC does too, frankly. You know, part of the problem for us is in the last five games, Keontae's shooting 30% from the field and 36% from three. Talon's shooting 36% and 25% from three. Colin's shooting 40% and 36% from three. Like, it's a tough sledding when your guard play is just where it is. Again, that's where we're going to lose some games. Culturally, it can't be aimless. We still turned the ball over 24% of our possessions the other night and won the game, which is an insane number. It's the highest rate of any team all year in the NBA. And somehow still survived. But our defense was great. Our defense was at the eighth percentile. Pelicans went 12 of 19 at the rim as Walker Kessler returned and had a huge impact. Our half-court defense was an 89 defensive rating. Our half-court offense was a 69. It was the lowest half-court rating by any team in the NBA in any game all year, and we won. It was a gritty, gutty win. Our offensive rebounding is vital to what we do right now. We've got 35% of our misses as offensive rebounds in that game. And our transition game was brilliant. I think we scored about two points per possession in transition and won the game in transition. The Pelicans are not a good transition defensive team. I think they're 23rd in the NBA in transition defense. But that was a that was an important win. The wins are not going to be often, but they're going to be important because they allow teaching. It is a lot easier to get a group back in the gym the next day, show them film of what they did right, rather than showing them film of what they do wrong all the time. In fact, that'll be my opening question to Will Hardy is he shared us a lot this year about what the film plays that they've shared that like went wrong. Can he share some of the plays maybe he showed yesterday that were plays that went right? He was super interesting about a play the other night in which he showed the team that was wrong where some, uh, which was a perfect example of everything that's going wrong with the team and how it's with the best intentions, but it's just where we're just not, this team hasn't just thought it through yet. And I'll explain, share that play with you coming up here in just a moment. Plus Zion is back and his impact is mammoth. We're looking at that. We're just getting started still today. We got a lot left on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of Locked On. FanDuel is the official sports book of the NFL. FanDuel is the number one sports book in America. Why? Because it's super easy to play and great deals like this. If you're a new customer, get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's right. $150 if your team wins. Spreads, player props, over-unders, whatever it might be. FanDuel's got it for you. 
over at the FanDuel Sportsbook and with the promo code, enter in the promo code when you enter in locked on NBA. So FanDuel slash locked on NBA and you get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. Bears Vikings tonight, Monday Night Football Vikings are minus three NBA tonight. Clippers are a five and a half point favorite at home against Denver. Pelicans are a four and a half point favorite with an over under of 230 against the Jazz on 70s night. Tonight, we're going back into the 70s. Philadelphia is a six point favorite over the Lakers. Pacers are a 13 point favorite with an over under of 239.5 against Portland. That's a big over under. In season tournament, you could play as well if you want to. So much fun going on with that. It is totally, people are in on the in season tournament right now. So you can, uh, and all sorts of odds and great things about to take place uh, there if you want to bet that as well. It's all at fanduel.com slash locked on. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. I greatly appreciate you coming up, joining the show. I greatly appreciate you being a part of it and being an everydayer uh, on the show. Uh, Pelicans Locked on Pelicans with Jake Madison is great. As I mentioned, the NFL, all of our national shows today are super, so add that to your second listen. And we will send you to Locked On uh, Sports Today for your backup. You can get most of them on that as your first ever YouTube 24-7 stream today. All right, Zion Williamson is back. There's some really great numbers on Zion. So let's let's dig into them. Um, one is Zion is their pick and roll guard. What? Yes, Zion Williamson is their number one pick and roll guard. And it was actually obvious the other night that they didn't have their two primary sets, their pick and roll and then they run a really cool horn set of offense. Um, and they didn't have that last night, the other night, without Zion. Um, they tried to run it some with Brandon Ingram, but he's better coming off a pin down or some things like that. So Zion Williamson runs uh, 11% of their pick and rolls. Brandon Ingram runs 31%. Dyson Daniels runs 17 CJ runs 13 So he's not their primary, but... You're going to see Zion, and that's Zion. Remember, Zion's played four fewer games in a season in which they've what they they've now played 17. So he's missed 20% of the time. So he runs about 25% of their pick and rolls by the time you add that out in games in which he plays. And he's their best pick and roll player at 0.991. Um, CJ McCollum is was just a 0.81, and Ingram's a 0.95. Zion's pairing is with Valanciunas, and then if he the other one is. They don't have Matt Ryan out, and they don't really have great shooting, but look for them to play with Jordan Hawkins. They haven't done it much, but he had a big game the other night. Zion plays pick and roll with a pop in guard, and it's, like, brutal to try to stop. Um, So that's worth the first one keeping an eye on. The next one that's so crazy when it comes to Zion is where his shots come from. I think he's taken, last check, seven shots outside of the paint like all year i'll double check this and make sure it's right but zion is coming at you with and you absolutely have i i i don't know how you stop it frankly like it's insanity so zion is taken for the season zion's taken a grand total like on anything uh, any field he's taking, he's taking 17 shots a night inside 10 feet. 
He's taken eight shots outside of 10 feet all season. He's three of eight. Um, He's also, you know, going to work it a little bit late in the shot clock. He is willing to dribble. He gets it with zero dribbles or one dribble and you're dead. That's probably an offensive rebound putback and he's shooting over 70%. But on three to six dribbles, he's shooting 48%. I mean, he is just coming down a hill at you in a kind of awesome manner. So if we look at his actual shot chart for the season, and I'll do it by zones because I think that's the easiest one. In the restricted area, he's taken 141 shots. In the paint, he's taken 75. Mid-range jumpers, he's 0 for 4. And threes, he's 1 for 3. So seven shots outside of the paint all season long. I don't know how you do it because he's such a powerhouse. But if you can keep him off the rim, he only shoots 32% outside the restricted area. For the year, if he's not in the restricted area, he's 25 of 82. That's not great. I mean, he is a beast. So it's great for me to say, well, Zion shoots 30% outside of the restricted area. Uh, How you're keeping him outside the restricted area, I don't know. Like, he'll bring the ball up and play point guard half the game tonight. They'll throw it to him at the elbow. He's already in the restricted area. I don't know what you're doing to get him out of the restricted area at that point. Right? Like, so, it's, you know, this is no easy task, but it's an interesting one to see. Horn set, by the way, is when two guys start on each elbow or corner of the line and free throw line. You'll see them do that a lot tonight. They run some really creative, good stuff out of it. The thing on Zion that will be interesting tonight is he's terrible defensively. And particularly bad defensively off the ball. So that if Lowry is in and the Jazz can find ways to engage Zion in a manner where he has to be involved on switching or helping defensively, it's usually a big problem for them. To Zion's credit this year, they're actually better defensively when he's on the floor than when he's off the floor, but it's got to be some other factor. Um, And that actually was true last year as well. Um, But I'm telling you, watching individual defense, Zion can be taken advantage of at a really high rate. And I would expect the Jazz to do that to him tonight. But he's awesome to watch. So if you don't have tickets already, come on out and join it. I do believe, and I, I, that there is going to be an alt cast, that there was talk of an alt cast tonight um, on Jazz Plus. So um, you might want to look that up if you're a Jazz Plus member. If you're not, it could be a really fun night to be a, to join in. Um, the Jazz, we're in the it's 70s night. We're starting our 50-year anniversary specials. Um, all available for you. So it should be, should be really great um, night and involvement uh, with it. Uh, Jazz Plus, as well as uh, we're on 1160 tonight, KSL, as well as on 102.7. So glad to have you aboard if you can join us. On the radio, we always have a good time. Um, so I'm not telling you to go listen to Jazz Plus instead of us. I just want to make sure you know that. Holiday p- uh, ticket packages are available as well. Have a great one. Thanks very much. Jazz. 
Pelicans tonight. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for being part of Lockdown Jazz. And now we'll send you over to the first ever 24-7 YouTube national sports stream called Locked on Sports Today. Please subscribe and hit the bell button on both Locked on Jazz and Locked on Sports Today.